Hi, it's Jill Schlesinger. And on this episode of Better Off, we're talking about digestible financial information. Our role is to make business and finance news digestible. We're not telling you whether you do or you have to do something or you can't do something. We're giving you the tools to make the decision yourself. We also understand that people in our generation, you know, they want to invest and it's important to invest through their lives if they want to have a family, have the second house, go on vacation, retire someday. (laughs) Um, So we're also helping kind of articulate what an investment could be. Welcome to the Better Off Podcast. We're sponsored by Betterment, the largest independent online financial advisor. One of the things we try to do on the show is bring you people that you may not know about. And that's why I am delighted to introduce you to two young, interesting, cool guys. Jack Kramer and Nick Martell are the co-founders of Market Snacks Daily. It's a podcast that I think is really great. And they also have a website, marketsnacks.com, and a newsletter. And what they are trying to do is take financial news and break it down so that everybody can actually learn about this and not have your eyes glaze over. So they created this podcast. They've got this newsletter. They're so much fun to talk to. So if you are interested in heavy-duty financial news, but you hate the traditional channels for accessing that news, these guys are for you. So here's our interview with Nick Martell and Jack Kramer. You're listening to Better Off with Jill Schlesinger. Nick Martello, I mean Martell, the anglicized, <laughs> and Jack Kramer, maker of tennis rackets. Welcome <laughs> to the show. How are you guys? We are we are pumped to be here, Jill. You are? We love it. I'm feeling the studio. energy in this room. It's, this it's is good. It feels good. It, it's like all of this energy, and it's so early in the morning. Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> we start every podcast off with a question, and here is your question. Are you yeah. ready? Yep. Nick? Yes. Best financial decision or career decision you've ever made? Oh, best career decision yeah. was taking the risk and jumping out of finance for a nonprofit that worked internationally. Mm, nice. And what do you got there, same Jack? Same question? Yeah, same question. Best either career or financial decision? Diving headfirst into Market Snacks this summer. Um, we have taken on so many more initiatives committing to this full time. Um, it's incredibly exciting. Working for myself and working on this two-man team we have is freaking amazing. We have crazy bosses. Okay. I want to be. I want to just right now volunteer to be uh, the first member of the advisory board. Yes. Oh. We take that. All Let's, right. Jack, are I'm we in. we got a vote. I, I'm a yay. <laughs> yay. Okay. Yay. We've got unanimous. I am yeah. on your advisory board. I'm happy to be there. I mean, the way the way we think of Market Snacks as kind of an entrepreneurial endeavor. First of all, we know that the product is amazing. Um, the engagement we're getting from our podcast listeners is incredible. Um, but regardless of the success outcome of Market Snacks, we are learning so much. So it's going to be a success either way. You are here. You are called the co-founders of a company called Market Snacks. So, Nick, yes. what is Market Snacks? Market Snacks is the quick, clear, fast way to get business and finance news every day. We make it fun. We make it entertaining because that's what business news needs. Okay. Yeah, because it is boring, right? It can be filled with jargon. Oh, yeah. And well, and snore fest, right? Oh, yeah. When we were working right after college at Wall Street Banks, it's the first thing we noticed. We were reading the same things every day, mm-hmm. reading about the same kind of gap, earnings, this or that, and it needed to be spiced up. Jack, tell us a little bit of the origin story. How do you guys know each other? 
we were freshman year roommates at Middlebury College. So this Vermont guy got together with a Manhattanite. <laughs> yes. Randomly placed together on the first day of school. We recognized we had the same brand of protein shake. Myoplex Light. And hit wow. It, and hit it off from there. <laughs> That's not an endorsement of Myoplex Light, <laughs> by the way. Uh, so then what happened? Like, you drink yourself silly. You're in the middle of Vermont. You go to the Middlebury Bowl. And do you both talk about, like, finance stuff? Or are you just talking about the universe at large? No. In fact, what really kind of brought our friendship together was watching Seinfeld episodes and The Daily Show. And 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 we'd pop in these shows and we're like, you know what? This is making business, this is making news accessible in a fun way with humor. And I think that's what set the groundwork years later when we reconnected. How did this idea germinate? What happened? We got together for a beer at Old Town Bar on 18th Street. Classic. Really? Very nice. Okay, I'll be looking forward to our first drink there as we celebrate (laughs) your great success. Nick got the beer with the fewest calories because he was watching his figure. Mm. I got the robust German lager. Mark Mark and I are amber liquor drinkers, in case you want to know. So when we go out for whiskeys. But we got together and we... I think the European debt crisis was going on at the time, mm-hmm. and we found ourselves constantly explaining like what was going on because we had the unique perspective of working at European banks. Mm-hmm. It was so tough to get finance and business news. We re- we recalled our days at Middlebury and Brown, where our mailboxes were stuffed full of Wall Street journals that we never touched. Mm. It was just so dense, so tough to mm-hmm. access. Um, so that day, we decided we wanted a creative outlet. We had some extra time yeah. on our hands. We thought we could solve a problem uh, that was facing our our generation, and we started Market Snacks the next day. And we literally have not missed a day of market action since then, six years ago. So what am I going to get when I go to Market Snacks? Explain to our listeners, our loyal, better-off podcast listeners, what will they get when they check it out? Well, you're going to get two things. The first is the free daily email newsletter. Mm -hmm. And what we do is we always begin with a fun, engaging picture that's going to kind of get you into what's happened overall in the markets. Then we break down the three stories you have to know or just want to know. Mm-hmm. So we're going to cover the top news that's market moving, but also the stories you never really thought about that get buried in some of these other news sources, like how a yoga trend affected Lulu's lemon stock, or like how your lunch eating habits with guacamole are affecting Chipotle's earnings report. Uh-huh. So we're curating the most interesting, relevant stories and the top stories. Oh, that's and that's cool. the newsletter. And then the podcast is a daily podcast, Market Snacks Daily, and it's doing a complimentary content to that breaking down the top few stories you need to know in 15 minutes or less. In your mind, you're just giving like explainers. You're not saying go buy this stock or avoid this stock. What's your role in this? This is just information. Our role is to make business and finance news digestible. We're not telling you whether you do or you have to do something or you can't do something. We're giving you the tools to make the decision yourself because otherwise it's so hard to get this information. We also understand that people in our generation, you know, they want to invest and it's important to invest through their lives if they want to have a family, have the second house, go on vacation, retire someday. (laughs) Um, So we're also helping kind of articulate what an investment could be. So, for example, Jill, the other day we covered Spotify, Mm -hmm. which had this mysterious filing with the FCC. No one really knew what they were doing. There was no press release. Total mystery. We noticed that the filing with the FCC was to register for a wireless device. And there's a couple other hints we've had in the past about Spotify maybe creating gadgets or devices. You look on their job board, they're putting postings up for people who have had worked with Amazon's Alexa. Mm -hmm. Or with Mm. smartwatches. Mm. Or with Snapchat spectacles. Yeah. So we've seen this kind of cookie crumb trail of hints that (laughs) Spotify... Might not just be a music streaming app anymore, but they might actually make something. And so we kind of explained what kind of investment thesis that could be to our podcast listeners. We said, look, maybe Spotify is going to make a device. So we okay. kind of just spell it out for you 
This is what people do when they make investments. What do you think is misunderstood about your generation? Because you guys are so, yeah, by the way, 30 under 30. They're on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. Thanks. Which is great because I could feel like, oh, my children are here with me. This is wonderful. This <laughs> well, is a great way to make me feel freaking we old. We were like the oldest people on the list. We showed up at that party <laughs> and like it was a bunch of 23, 24 year olds like who thought we yeah. worked at the event. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you are, so you are among the older millennials. Is that correct? We're like right in the middle You're of millennials. The or... For the Forbes list, we're at the end of this year's range. <laughs> and and so what's misunderstood about your cohort? So we think it's really one thing it comes down to. We, our generation, hates the BS. They hate the traditional advertising that just assumes you want to hear the ad. They hate that you're being pushed certain things when you're listening to content on whatever device, device you're listening to. Our generation is a big BS meter, and mm -hmm. that's why we like to write in a voice that connects with our generation on that. We're not going to be pushing ads. We're promoting products when we do that are things we care about and we think they would actually like. We're promoting and showing stories that they're most interested in on brands they care about. So we can see through that BS and we want to make that connection. But you're not only talking to your own generation. Sure. I know that's like your focus, but like even the parents of that generation. So, you know, for my cohort, <clears throat> 125, <laughs> uh, you know, that we are used to talking to you because you are our children, our nieces and our nephews. And we kind of know that. But it's also a bit of a way to get into what is relevant and coming up. OK, right? Jill, this has been what has been, I think, the biggest surprise with Market Snacks. The two biggest things we found, right, Jack, are when we look at the demo demographics. Yeah, we're speaking in this, people would call it a millennial tone, I guess. But we're reaching an audience that's, you know, across the generations. This is just the way people have wanted business news in a fun, digestible way. So that's one thing. The second thing which we're really proud of is that, you know, you could sit here and say, hey, these are two guys talking about business news. But we have a huge female following. In fact, nearly half of Market Snacks readers, listeners are women. How has that changed based on what the industry thought was news and what you think is news? Ooh. We're very focused on being kind of gender neutral in our news coverage and we're as inclusive as possible in our writing. Like this isn't summer camp. We don't need a dance floor with guys <laughs> on one side and girls on the other. We that sounds like a, see in my world that's a bar mitzvah, but yeah, I like what you that's say. Very nice. He's the Vermonter, so yeah, what's a bar mitzvah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think Jack and I, and this is the other thing that really separates market snacks from other business news, is we have a formula for really curating the most interesting pockets of stories and information you're just not going to get anywhere. For example, last yesterday. week. Oh, what about last week? We covered oh, yesterday? Rawlings, the baseball glove company. <laughs> yeah, uh, which got acquired by Major League Baseball. Right. Now look, that sounds like a more guy-focused story, right? Uh -huh. We also covered Rulala, which is like the awesome <laughs> online flash sale. Always website. on Facebook. I'm like, what is this thing? But okay, I get it. Now. It's such a trap. You can get stuck in that news feed and like never return. Yeah. And then even yesterday, I think what we're doing is curating these unique stories. Like we actually have you heard of um, M17? Yes. Okay. So they had the IPO that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. But this is a Taiwanese streaming slash dating app. They just don't have something like that in the U.S. So we're going on. We're creating a fake profile and <laughs> figuring this thing out for fun. You know, we want the fiancés. Our fiancés like in the profile picture to make things clear. <laughs> and we're just like having fun with it to see how it works. We break down the business model and we're explaining it. That's a story you just don't get in many news sources. All right. So you got the newsletter. Yeah. Now you got the pod. What's next? Well, we want to become part of people's daily routine. And so the newsletter or the podcast can totally do that. So mm -hmm. I used to think that finance and businesses was like homework. I had to do it before <laughs> work to make sure if my boss mentioned something, fun. I'd be on the same page. We add kind of those fun nuggets. Uh, and, and the fact that we created an online dating profile 
<laughs> to report on one story. And we actually use that story to explain like two key financial terms that yeah. we thought everyone needs to know about. Which are? Uh, the 80-20 rule. You okay. get 80% of your revenue from 20% of the clients. And mm-hmm. microtransactions. And microtransactions. Like the way Zynga is, works. Which is a big thing with a lot of online-based companies these days. This is Better Off with Jill Schlesinger. We'll get back to our interview with Nick Martell and Jack Kramer of Market Snacks Daily in just a second. But, you know, I know that a lot of this stuff can seem very confusing. You know, the market can be intimidating. Financial news can be a little onerous. Fortunately, our sponsor, Betterment, can actually help you get through the morass of dense financial information and focus on you. That's the best part of this. You, right? Not the money, not the stuff money can buy. You, your financial future. Betterment has tools to help you understand how you're doing. Betterment offers personalized financial advice and a suite of tools to help you know whether you're on track to hit your goals or get the retirement you need. Don't forget, Betterment is a fiduciary. That means that they are making recommendations in their client's best interest. They're not incentivized to recommend certain funds. They don't have their own investment products to sell. So here's the deal. You, better off listener, you can get up to one year managed free. For more information, visit Betterment.com slash better off. That's Betterment.com slash better off. And now back to our interview with Nick Martell and Jack Kramer. How is it different actually talking about it in spoken word on a podcast and writing about it? Oh, my God. This has been fascinating since we launched the Daily Podcast. The level of engagement with our readers and users who are now listening. So before, obviously, we have this connection with our readers because they're opening it every day, and we love that. It's more one-way communication. Right now, as people listen to the podcast, our personalities are connecting even more deeply than they did in just the written word. So much more deeply. So we're getting tweets. We're getting emails. People are like, I'm loving hanging out with you guys in the car. It's like we're in the car with them, which is fun for us. We've established a relationship, which is really cool. In the newsletter, we're like this amorphous two-person Market Snacks team. It's we, more the brand. Yeah, the Market it's more Snacks the brand. brand. In the podcast, it's Jack and Nick, and we're doing first person all the time. And I think I've lunch in Vermont in every single podcast. Yeah, we got some things <laughs> we, we try to weave in there. Yeah, a little, a little Vermontese. <laughs> yeah. uh, what does that mean? Does that mean there is some syrup? And what else do we get? What else? Well, there's always syrup and ben and Jerry's. in the recording studio. <laughs> yeah, This exactly. is how he runs. Like, mm-hmm. America runs on Duncan, Jack runs on syrup. Uh-huh. <laughs> what can Market Snacks teach me about how to kind of better manage my whole financial life just is, is the first step engagement just to get on track and say i gotta just know this stuff is that what you're kind of saying is that your first message well due to a bunch of trends in politics and business business and finance is getting more and more important like you see ceos leading the charge on like social issues the business page has seeped into every page of the yeah. newspaper and so it's important to cover these things and if you don't um, and you want to succeed in the business and corporate world, you're going to lose credibility at some moment if you don't have any idea what's going on on Wall Street or finance. And even if you're not in the business and corporate world, these are just interesting things that are just good to know. Like understanding how Stitch Fix, a company you may be interacting with, actually works is important to know. Understanding how your decisions around buying certain things at you know a typical retailer like Gap or not buying them anymore is really affecting jobs in the stock. That's good to know. What is the trend that you are seeing among 
your millennial pals, are they are they really delaying making big financial decisions? I know it's not scientific, so I'm just going to ask you about your friends. Well, I loved this New York Times article I read the other week about this, which was talking about how millennials are getting married later, but it's because they care so much about marriage and they're being so mm. thoughtful about it. And I thought that was a great way of interpreting it. But also there was some good evidence to back it up. I mean, the basically the argument was instead of jumping into marriage where the average marriage age was like 21 for women 40 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and people would jump in and it was kind of the beginning or the foundation of a future relationship, millennials are seeing it as the capstone moment in their early 30s or late 20s. That's mm-hmm. why the average marriage age is in the late 20s. Um, after kind of establishing a career, establishing a way of having financial income, and setting yourself up, particularly on the finance side, for a future. And so I really like that interpretation of it. One thing I'd say is I don't want to tread too deep into the educational sphere, but we need to teach kids some practical life skills in high school, particularly personal finance. Students, kids have no idea about personal finance, and the only way that you learn that is through like word of mouth from (laughs) your dad, your mom, your brother. But some people don't have that source, and they're on their own. They Google it, and sure, you can find an article, but it's so hard to navigate that landscape without a personal teacher. And we need to teach this stuff in high school. What and it's often doing? too late. By the time that they are jumping into it, they already have the income coming in and you know, it's forgetting to sign up for something or prepare something or to have yourself in a situation where you're built for success. I think it's really amazing to consider that we have so much in built into a curriculum. And I know that it's hard, but this is easy. All you would have to do is fold it into a math curriculum. I mean, yeah. really, it's not that hard. It's like, well, you know, we don't want to actually teach kids how to balance a checkbook, except it's math. Yeah. So why shouldn't we? Right? And also, wouldn't this make it so much more engaging for the students to be in the classroom? I mean, if you're just doing these theoretical numbers, I mean, we're both getting our MBAs right now. And I think what we've loved about the MBA experience versus undergrad is that practical element of it. Is that, you know, at the MBA level, you are kind of pulling together real life experiences, case studies, and what your classmates are. Why'd you get an MBA? You don't need that. So we've actually loved it because we're, we're putting it to use in real time. That's what's been nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Jack's at Ross. I'm at Warden. And basically every day we're having these strategy classes and then we're chatting on the phone and like, yeah, we got to tweak our marketing strategy right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. But you know what? I think that, well, I mean, it's nice. Listen, who am I to turn my nose up at either of your business degrees? It's nice. But I also feel like you're getting real world experience. You probably would be able yeah. to figure this out yourselves. and not spend all that money. Good thing you're rich. Yeah. We're hoping we're hoping this expedites the, <laughs> the learning process. But the other kind of fun thing about this is I think that what we bring in the Market Snacks podcast or the newsletter is a lot of that MBA experience that we wish everyone had access to. And unfortunately, it's held behind the MBA degree in a lot of cases. Hmm. You know, that case study strategy breakdown, understanding what's relevant about a company, everyone should have really access to that. And that's one of the things we're trying to bring. We had Scott Galloway on the pod uh, a while ago, and he, you know, he does a uh, written about uh, the big tech firms, mm. but he's also a professor at NYU. And he literally said, getting an MBA is the biggest waste of time, but I'm happy they employ me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we started the program. We asked you your best career or financial decision. And you you both focus more on the career. So I'm going to mm. just ask a more of a finance. Like, yeah. What is the worst money decision you've made in your life so far? Your young life under 30. Ooh, uh, biggest financial. Oh, I would say when I first started like my actual job and first got the income, I didn't. I just kind of had one checking account and that was it. I didn't have 
you know, an actual established sense of what my bank account should be. Now I've got a couple that are organized, a few that are organized in terms of I've got one for daily use, one that I'm using for savings for trips, a separate savings account that's more long term. By kind of divvying up my savings into specific uses, I have so much more peace of mind when I'm dealing with any kind of income coming in or any kind of cash going out. All right. And Jack, worst financial decision. Okay. I was a wide-eyed country boy from Vermont. <laughs> yes. Do we mention that he's <laughs> from Vermont? <laughs> Who came to New York and had no idea what I was doing. And my wardrobe was so lacking and I just needed to buy a lot of things mm-hmm. to survive in the city. Right. And I made a bunch of purchases without consulting with anyone and just got totally ripped off. Oh, <laughs> ripped off. That's made bad. Fun of, I, wasn't I got like the lifestyle. buy one suit, get three suits free deal at Joseph With like an iPad, right? Like, there were gigantic <laughs> suits. I was oh, like a rectangle with nice. these things and just went in there with like no advisory board. See, um, I yeah. could have been your fashion consult. Well, like before you make big finance decisions, talk to somebody. Don't go it alone. <laughs> talk to Jill. That's right. Aunt Jill here to you. You know, when I used to go on a CNET podcast, as friends of mine used to host called The 404, and um, early on, this is maybe eight or nine years ago, and they would always come and ask me advice, and they invited me onto their podcast mm. early on. I said, you know, you guys are so young. God damn it, I could be your your mother. And someone said, you're not a mother type. You're more like the cool aunt. So I would like to say that I would love to be your cool aunt. And when I come on Market Snacks, after you get back from your honeymoon. Yes. Let's wait till then. Um, and we'll have some fun. And then we'll go. Maybe we can't drink downtown. We'll drink uptown near your studio. Yeah. I know that's my hood. Let's do it. Oh, we'll I, go, I already got a place in mind. Really? Yeah. We can go get a nosh at Zay Bars, of course. We could. We could do that, but, <laughs> but we could do something else as well. Uh, Market Snacks is the name of the podcast and the newsletter. Nick Martell, Jack Kramer, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Jill. Great to be here. You're listening to Better Off with Jill Schlesinger. Okay, it's time to focus on you. After our interview segment, we do talk to you, and we have our listener question of the week. This is when you get to ask me and Mark any question that's on your mind, financially speaking. Give us a holler. It's very easy to get in touch with us. Just send us an email. Ask Jill at betteroffpodcast.com. Today, we've got Sully, who's calling from Charlotte. Hello, Sully. I was sort of excited. I was like, oh, my God, that pilot's calling us? That's great. <laughs> but I guess it's not exactly. But all right, I'll take you, too. I think I'm happy to have you, Sully. Well, good morning. Thank you, Jill. What's going on? My my retirement plans, I, I kind of threw out a, a scenario, and that's where we are today. And I'd like to like you to poke holes in it or think uh, or give me uh, some advice. Okay, so first let's start off with how old are you? We're uh, both 59. Okay. And are you're both working now? Correct. Okay. Now, how much do you figure you guys will need during retirement? We are looking roughly at spend-wise between 50 and $75,000 a year. Okay. Is that close to what you're living on now, or is that more or less? What, 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 how does that line up with what's going on today? After taxes and contributions to IRAs and 401ks and HSAs and all that, about, yeah, that's about where we are today. Okay, great. And um, when do you think you want to retire? Tell, tell me what the, the general game plan is. Well, what we want to do or what we are looking at trying to do is go financially independent by 62, mm-hmm. but not retire Social Security-wise until 70. Oh, great. Okay. 
what we what we'd like to do, and we're not sure we're going to stop work completely at sixty two, but as much as we'll have that option to do it if we want. And at least you would maybe try to do something part time versus being full time okay. or volunteer work. Okay, I mean, just to keep our our minds and oh, that's good. Shape. Okay, great. Now, tell me how much money have you guys accumulated so far? Well, we're thinking at that age that we'll have somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, pre tax four hundred one k's, IRAs. Etc. Somewhere around 1.4 million. That's very nice. Excellent. Are, would you, either of you, uh, be entitled to any pension? We have a small pension. Mm-hmm. It's not much. It's a eighty thousand dollar pension that's sitting out there. So you know, there's a couple hundred dollars maybe a month. Okay, that's fine. Do you guys live in your home right now? Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, the money that you said that you had all in pre-retire, um, in retirement pre-tax stuff. Is there any other money that is in non-retirement accounts that's already been taxed? Yeah, well, we have some stocks on the side. Mm-hmm. How much is that? I'd say approximately 75000 Okay. So would you then try to be pulling money out of the pre-tax monies between ages 62 and 70? That was our plan. So here's, here's what, we, what I had laid out was from 62 to 70 to roughly take out about $100,000 a year out of the 1.4 mm-hmm. and paid or buy down the 401, the pre-taxes. Mm-hmm. And, and after taxes, figure you, you had about $75,000 spend. Right. Um, and then at 70, collect the max Social Security, which would be roughly $60,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, take out any small percentage that we need f- from our 401ks or the RMD, if that's enough to cover for the four, uh, you know three to four percent, if we don't need any more. Mm-hmm. And all calculators tell me that with that kind of scenario, and and again, we're in good health. Mm-hmm. I know things can change mm-hmm. tomorrow, mm-hmm. Um, but we're in good health, and we're hoping to stay healthy. We have been blessed with being able to do a lot of our traveling already in the last 14 years, mm. uh, world traveling. So, you know, less traveling will be coming in the future, but we'll still be doing some minor traveling. Mm-hmm. I look for the bargain travels and stuff like that. Um, and then, like I said, the Social Security and the, the, the small amount that we'll be able to take out of the 401ks if we need a, a supplement for the rest of our lives. And as we get older, I figure, you know, we'll be spending down less and less because we don't. You know, we won't be going around as much or moving as much. And and by the way, we are debt-free. Um, we own two houses, and we are debt-free. And, um, you know, minor debt, we pay all credit cards every month. So um, when you say two houses, are you planning to keep both of them, or are you going to sell one? What, what's the game plan there? No, we're, we're, plan- we're planning <laughs> to keep both. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd like to. One's in Florida, one's in North Carolina. So, you know, we'll be able to kind of half-back it. Wait a minute, everyone's retiring to North Carolina. You going to Florida? Well, for a couple months of the year, and then we'll come back to North Carolina where our children are. And, and again, grown children, and yep. they are doing very well on their own. So, uh, you know, it's you know we don't feel we're going to need to be helping them much as we go along, as much as they've already told us that they will be here for us as we age. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. It's close. Um, and I see what you, I mean, I get what you're doing. 
The one part of it that makes me slightly nervous is the hundred grand a year you're pulling out so early in your retirement, right? Because this is, I, I understand what you're doing. You're bridging the gap, right? You're saying from 62 to 70, I pull this money out. But then you have, as you said, just 600 grand that comes out, that that's, uh, remains. Um, and maybe it's a little more because maybe you'll get some growth. I guess I would say this. How much are your Social Security estimates for you guys each at age 70? Like I said, it's, it's, it's the max, and I think that's around $2,600, $2,800 a month each. Mm-hmm. So, so that's 60 pre-tax, and then you'd pull, say, 3% out of the what's left. That's another 18. So it gives you seventy-eight grand pre pre-tax. And you're sort of feeling like, you know, if 78 turned into 60, let's right. pretend, you live on that and you're fine. I guess it works unless something big happens, unless something happens like, you know, like you said, something catastrophic. I guess that my plan B for you would be this. If something bad happened, one of those houses has got to be sold. But chances are, if something bad happened, one of those houses would be sold. Because if, God forbid, either of you got sick or had some sort of chronic ailment, you probably wouldn't be moving back and forth between two homes. You'd probably be – you have to be willing to have your plan B, your – uh, well, you know, oh, my God, the break the glass thing is selling one of those homes. I think that and if you're willing to do that, I think you're absolutely right. You can make it. The plan works better the longer you work. You know that there's just some fascinating research out about, you know, the the impact of working just a bit longer really is phenomenal. And obviously for you guys, if it were not 62, if it were 63, if it were 64, if it were 65, all every year you wait things get better. That said, do you hate your job? No, not, you know, it, it took me a long time to get to the place I am with my job. So it's not that I hate it, but it's not a job that I think will be a, a, a long-term solution. Let's put it that way. All right. So if you're willing to say that if something really awful happens, you'll be able to make a different decision and you're willing to make that decision and you and your wife kind of make this pinky swear and say, you know what? If, God forbid, we had to, we'd sell one of these homes, we'd have a little extra money, then I think it works. I really, I I think it works. It's close. It's not exactly, I mean, you sound like you're fairly conservative, so you also can't make a big mistake on the portfolio. You cannot take a massive loss because, again, in those eight years when you're pulling 100 grand out, you've got to pull the money out. So you can't be, you can't be worried like, oh, the market's down 30% and I don't want to take the money out because you're going to have to live. So just know that, it, you're close. It can work. If you've got the, your plan B in the back pocket, then you can go ahead and do it. But it may just be a lot of times people will call and we'll go through this kind of analysis. And certainly when I was a financial advisor way back when, what would often happen is you go through the analysis and then people say, yeah, you know, actually working's fine. <laughs> so <laughs> if that happens to you, things do get better. OK, but I think you're in good shape. And I thank you so much for calling, Sully. Uh, keep us apprised of what you end up doing. OK, no, thank you. And good luck with your, your career. I love you. And I've listened to you for years on, on TV. And I'm glad I found your podcast. Well, thank and you. Everybody out there, subscribe to this podcast. You'll love it. Oh, thank you so much. Have a great day, Sully. Thank you, Jill. 
Thank you so much to Nick Martell and Jack Kramer. Great guests from Market Snacks Daily. Don't forget, we drop new episodes of Better Off every Tuesday and Thursday. And if you don't want to miss one of them, all you have to do is subscribe. Get the show anywhere you get your podcasts. Apple, Google Play, Radio.com, Stitcher, wherever. But don't miss an episode. You'll be missing out. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Talercio is the best executive producer in the entire universe. We are distributed by Cadence 13 and we're sponsored by Betterment. See you next week.